Andrea and I met at a party where she had stood on a tall staircase on the landing and done a very hilarious reading from her book about living in Italy as an expat for a year, My Morena. It was so funny. And I went to buy it from her afterwards. And we bonded over the fact that we were both Andrea's. And then add to that that her husband's name was also Andy. Of course, we had to be friends. There are a whole bunch of things that it turns out that Andrea's just do. Here are some of them. Welcome to Bad Joys Tuesday. Welcome to Bad Choice Tuesday with Andrea Howell. I'm talking with my friends about the questionable choices we make. Sometimes unconventional, sometimes unavoidable, sometimes flat out bad. And sometimes Bad Choice Tuesday happens on a Thursday night. We're talking about friendship, unconditional love, and questionable choices. Welcome to Bad Choice Tuesday. So I'm at the University of Cambridge, which has a certain shtick, right? And I am the wife. So I'm Andy is a visiting fellow at the University of Cambridge. And I am the wife. So great man, pond scum right here. So we go to all of these events and it is just mind blowing. The people that you get to talk to, they're from all over the world. They're studying these incredible things. Smiling. So here's the equivalent of smiling. So you're walking down the street in Cambridge and another human is approaching. And I'm thinking, you know, hello, smile. No, if you smile at someone, that is the equivalent of you're in a big crowd and you see your friend, hey, Wanda, and hey, and then you realize that isn't Wanda, right? And so there's the humiliation of everybody around me can see that wasn't Wanda. I look like an idiot. And all you have to do is smile at someone and you get that same, oh, that was wrong. So it's constantly a frustration for me. I just walk down the street smiling, not even at anyone, like just smiling. And the way that I discovered that I do that is because people smile at me all the time and occasionally wave. And that must be the thing is that they assume generally everyone around the world, if I'm walking down the street smiling, they smile at me and wave or say something or nod or whatever. They must think that I recognize them, but they just don't. Don't remember me. That we must really be old friends. It's just different. And London is fine. You can smile at people in London and they will smile back. But in Cambridge, that is not a thing. That's just the way it is. When I was on antibiotics, I did not read the box. So I'm thinking I can't eat for half an hour after taking the medication. Okay. Medication actually says you have to have food with this. So it kicked in and all of a, all of a sudden... I am like a tsunami (laughs) walking down that little street that is came like on our way to our apartment and it just strikes me and I am a tsunami just like (laughs) sprouting into the bushes and so sick. But you have bushes, right? So you have a place to... And it's all captured on closed caption television. It's all so they're walking. I looked like I lost a fight with an entire bar, right? Like, oh my God, she's drunk and she's hurling all the way down, literally all the way down the street. And then I'm thinking, I'm just going to lie under the bushes, but the bushes are still dripping. 
no, 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 no. Oh, gross. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. You're right. You looked From drunk what? ass I... like you'd been day drinking. That's how you look. You did not look like a sick person. Day, night. Yeah, I did. I was staggering. <laughs> and I finally got home. Oh, my God. And so I laughed about that for like a week solid because that is definitely not keeping a stiff upper lip. But whatever. And I'm enjoying it like you walk around here. And when you see the statue of Henry VIII, it's because Henry VIII, that's his college. He paid for it. And so he's looking good in his little statue up on the wall. It's freaking amazing. It's very charming. I am reaffirming everything they think about Americans. They yeah. talk too much. They smile too much. And they're not too bright. And they can't but hold their liquor. For me. Can't hold their <laughs> liquor, especially around noon. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh you ditched Cambridge for a weekend and went back to Malta. I don't know that Cambridge was the best choice for you. So, you? although no. I think you find your people, right? Like I've mm-hmm. seen some of your pictures and you go out and you find the, you find the people in the roller skates and the sequins and the, those are your people, Andrea. So fun. My head just explodes every time I talk to all of these really fascinating people. What's your legal specialty? Environmental. And I, yeah, I teach wind law and energy law. But that's not what your books are about at all. So how did you, no, and no. you always, you always do all these divergent things that don't necessarily match up. Why? No, because like the book about Italy, my Modena, I'm living in Italy. I don't know how to do anything. I mean, would write about it to my Facebook friends and then turn them into little stories. And the stories became the Maimonina book. I'm going to do the same thing with Malta. Um, The kids book came out and I wrote this silly story. You know, you went to the launch when my publisher said he was publishing a kid's book. I said, oh, I have a kid's book. So then it's taken all this time to get it illustrated. So that's just, you know, well, I'll try this. I'll do that. And originally I did try to get the kid's book published because it's kind of set in a zoo. So I went to the Denver Zoo and I said, hey, I have this book and you could make this as a benefit for the zoo. But the story is about how the animals are moving around the zoo and all that's funny and nice. And they said, yeah, we'll sell it um, as a benefit. Two weeks after that, that's when I think it was a tiger escaped. No. Like, oh my God. Chomping, like, yeah. Timing, good timing, right? So did they want a book about animal, how animals escape from the zoo? Not yeah. so much. Not so much. Oh, so we just sat there for, for decades. And then Michael said he's publishing a kid's book. And I said, wait, I have a story. So that's what happened. Very the zebra and the seasons of giving. Hi, this is Andrea Gelfuso. My new children's book, Zuri the Zebra and the Seasons of Giving, is available now on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. My Modena, my first book, about a year of fear, laughter, and exhilaration in Italy. It's also on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. There's so much to say about travel. There's also so much to laugh about travel. Now, back to Bad Choice Tuesday. So what was your favorite thing that you did when you were traveling? I don't love the big cities as much. Like London, New York, Paris doesn't do as much for me. I really like a smaller midsize like Lille and Vienna and Liege. I like that a lot better. I don't want to walk four blocks past a whole bunch of nothing I'm interested in to get to something I am. I like the places where I don't have to use public transportation, but it's available. And I can just walk and walk and walk and love everything I see. And there are lots of those 
places. So, so know, Malta kind of cool. was so that was it really? Malta was that we were on uh-huh. a peninsula, uh-huh. ten minutes from the Mediterranean. Whichever way you went, not ten minutes, so I can kind of look at it. And ten minutes, so I'm in it. Wow! And that was absolutely. It was so, and the color. It was like being in an aquarium. It was absolutely amazing. And wow. we haven't had a car since January. So if you have to walk everywhere to get to the grocery store, it took about ten minutes. But we would say, let's go to the grocery store water because that was a vista uh-huh. or let's go to the cat water because that's where I was feeding the feral cats uh-huh. and it was all absolutely just absolutely amazing right. and you could get to the little convenience store oh, the Laura had fresh Maltese vegetables and produce and she would say this is the best and she was <laughs> right absolutely Uh fresh. This stuff is from Sicily or it's Maltese and it's, you know, like 10 miles away. That was so convenient. And if you wanted milk, you go in any direction and you can stop and you can pick up oat milk. Um, Here it's tougher. It's 20 minutes. You have to go into town Mm -hmm. and we have to carry everything back. Like, And wherever we go in any city, it's not like, oh, let's grab a cab. We never do that. It never occurs to us. So even when Andy was sick, it was that that whole thing where Andy, my husband, oh, he has colon cancer and he's got to have mm-hmm. surgery and we're in Malta. Oh my God. And then we, yeah, so that whole thing was, but but I never felt bad because I'm 10 minutes from the water yeah. and I would go to the hospital and I'd stop and I would go swimming and then go back and go to the hospital. So all of that right. was happening and that's when it was 104 degrees. Right. That didn't matter because that's what the Mediterranean is for. Right. It's like, yeah, it's super hot, but that's why you can go in the water. And then there was a time when I was carrying because he couldn't carry anything after the surgery. Uh So I'm carrying all of our laundry. I washed the, (laughs) we had to wash the laundry and it's like this much. And I'm, this was so great because I'm walking down the street Mm -hmm. and these elderly Maltese matrons are coming toward me and they're looking at me like, he's six, four, you're five feet. Why are you carrying this stuff? And so it was so fun. just looked at them like, yeah, poor me. You know, this is my heart. This is my hard life, right? And I'm milking it like, yeah, this is really bad. And you could see they're looking at him like, what is wrong with you, you jerk? And <laughs> poor Andy. Right? <laughs> But I just it was very funny. Right? Like there's a big man. What are you doing? That was actually the only fun part of that. But being there and that whole like the week between he has a colonoscopy and he needs surgery and surgery. The Maltese, they're just crazy. They they had that was the week when they had the fest in our neighborhood. And so there's confetti and there's marching bands, and you go out at night and you're following the marching bands and you're following the statue. And it's like, God, you people are amazing. And then there were fireworks shows. And so every town in Malta has its own fireworks factory. And like every couple of months, one of them blows up. Oh my God. Right? And so it's like, because they're competing against each other to have the most amazing, powerful displays. And I think so, it was nonstop yeah. from the time you arrived there. You're texting me like yes. every day. You're like, look at this parade, look at this festival, and look at this protest, <laughs> and look at this movie being filmed down here. And oh, we're going to go down and be 
is in the movie on the street. Crazy. Yes. Every it's like crazy. I that literally was, it was I went, almost every day that there was some festival going like, on. It was magic. It's just an incredible place. Mm-hmm. And people are kind and you don't have to worry about the language thing. Yeah. And you they know, make like, eye contact. It was so funny when I so I was in Split the first week in November last year. It should not have been that warm, but it was still like low 80s Fahrenheit. And so I decided I needed to get into that blue water. Like everybody was in the water, but I didn't have a bathing suit because it was practically winter. And in Zagreb, it had been 50 and rainy and whatever. So I go to the one little market that still remains. And I ask all around, like, where can I buy a bathing suit? And I finally found this one woman who still had like five bathing suits and they're hanging on a hanger. There's not really a dressing room. It's like, you get what you get, you know? And of course, all it is is bikinis because you're in Europe and everybody's just bikinis. So I look at this bikini. It has adjustable sides on your hips, like the ties, so you can make it bigger and smaller. (laughs) So she's having none of my shit about like whether or not it's going to fit. She's like, tie, tie, you know, adjust, change. So I buy this bikini with the strings on the sides that that tie. And actually, it was fine. But what I love about Europe and being at the sea is that my cousin actually said it really nicely. I was telling her the story about how I had to walk in and just buy a bikini off a hanger without trying it on or hearing how it looked. And she said, yeah, because bathing suits are for enjoying the sea, not for being on parade. I brought to Malta this Mm. bathing suit. It was so big and it had these bright yellow flowers and it came down to like my ankles because Mm. we got to cover everything. And my grandmother would have been embarrassed by Uh like how covered up I was. And I'm looking around like, okay, these women in their 70s are wearing bikinis. This is not going to fly. So I did go buy a bathing suit that worked. Mm -hmm. And then what was happening with them is, you know, like the European piazza. Mm -hmm. In the evening, people just sit around and they are eating food and they're talking to their friends. Along the Maltese coast, that's what people were doing. They had chess sets. They had like little unfolding tables and they would, they roasted stuff. They had these little roasting pans with coal in it, I guess. And then they would cook stuff right there. Right. But everybody, it was the village square and they were friends and they were all just hanging out. So it wasn't about like you have a perfect body. There were people that looked absolutely amazing. Yeah. But that's not what it was for. Like get over it. And so I was really grateful to just say, I'm just donating this bathing suit because it could fit like seven women. (laughs) And this is what I'm going to wear. And it's fine. And by the end, oh my God, because I was so tan and I was, I just felt like a very different person. I'm 63 Mm -hmm. and I was perfectly comfortable with my body. Like, yes, this is letting go of all those things that say, I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too pale. My thighs are funny. You know, right? just, I'm just here in the water. Where are you going next? Next, Andy's cousin from Poland, because we were just in Poland and that was totally amazing. His cousin from Poland is coming to visit us. Right after that, we are flying to Melbourne and hanging out with old friends in Melbourne. And then we're going to fly to Perth, stay there for about a week. And then we're going to fly back from Perth to Denver for my daughter's music recital. And then we'll fly back here. And then the kids are going to come here and we will all leave. We're going to spend Christmas here and we'll all go back together on December 29th. Then we'll actually be home. Oh, my gosh. Wait, so that's a major travel. That's all happening like in the next six weeks. 
I was going to say, yeah. oh my gosh, you've got 2024 all planned out. No, That's all no we've still got to do that. We're gonna, wow. Yeah. Actually, next week, we're leaving on Wednesday for, we're going to stop in Shanghai, then fly to Melbourne, stay in Melbourne, go to Perth, hang out in Perth. Nice. We have a place right on the water. Oh my and gosh. And then fly back to Denver and then fly back to Cambridge and then the kids will come and we'll all leave together. Oh my gosh. So that's there's amazing. more travel. That's you know, a lot. It's kind of, that's very, it is a lot. That's but a lot what of the time hell? on the plane. And we're going to be flying 22 hours straight oh my God. to get to Melbourne because we have to fly to China and then China to Australia. Mm-hmm. And that's one, that's going to be absolutely brutal. And we couldn't get any extra legroom. Wow. So I love that. I kind of like to go beautiful. and Have you been? I haven't been to Bali. No. But, and and I, a whole, you can get art, like really good art. Uh-huh. There's a town where the artists are uh-huh. and that's very cool. So, huh. and it's beautiful. And that's where there was Kenny G Christmas music. This was uh-huh. like April and there's Kenny G's Christmas uh-huh. music. And then you'd see these people, you're looking out the window at the volcano, which mm-hmm. is a little bit popular. And then you'd see people jumping up, woo, woo, like <laughs> trying to sell you stuff. I'll never forget that. It was beautiful. Yeah. I've started thinking that what I want to bring back is stuff that I can hang on the wall. Andy had a colleague who was my professor at DU too. They never had a lot of money. They traveled all over the world mm-hmm. and their house, you know, it's like the Louvre where there's stuff and it was interesting stuff from all over the place. I, I went somewhere and I got the t-shirt. No, I'm going to see what art I can afford. You're listening to Bad Choice Tuesday, a conversation about friendship, unconditional love, and unconventional choices. For more information, go to badchoicetuesday.com. We're glad you're here. And now, back to Bad Choice Tuesday. really cool. We went on a cruise to Cuba when you could still do that. Yeah. Before we landed, I was with Alex. So I said, what am I going to do? I'm going to buy Cuban art. And I bought a painting and I, because it was so cheap, but I absolutely love it. So I feel like bringing an artist home with me like this, I brought part of that home with me and I will always enjoy that. You know, what else do I buy? Clothes don't last that long, even if you buy something really beautiful. So um, I'm trying to do that. You know, you can't take the feeling home, but with art, you remember the artist, you remember where you were when you bought it. If you really like the painting, it's a continual image of what of what you what you loved about that place. And I think that's yeah. really cool. I think it gets weird when you when there's just too much stuff. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not traveling, I do want that piece of that made me really happy. I look at the Cuba painting. I picked it because I love it and it's an image that I adore and it's not an image that I'm going to see. I'm not going to be in Cuba, you know, like you're not hanging out. I feel like that is a way to spend tourist dollars in a way that it's not just because you go out to eat and that was a great meal and that money spent and you're done and you had a wonderful memory and that's Mm -hmm. it. But how many memories do I have? Yeah. So I, the kids, when they were growing up, I didn't want them to have 
the like, let's kill people video games, they had educational ones. And one of them was King's Quest, right? And uh-huh. King's Quest was one. It's a quest. And you walk around. And the most magical thing about that was that they would say, the shopkeeper knows something that you need to know. So talk to the shopkeeper. Stop and talk to this person. And that's literally, that's so true about the people that you meet traveling. So my last day in Malta, I went to the water and I was so happy to be there. And I had never jumped in because Malta was heavily bombed in World War II. And I was always super paranoid that, whoa, there could be a bomb down there, right? <laughs> so and obviously like that was paranoia, but I thought I'm not going to jump in. I'll go down the ladder. And this last day I said, okay, that's it. I'm going to go in the water and there's this family. And I said, I, I've never jumped in. And they said, let's do it. And they said, okay, we're going to count you in. And they went 10, 9, 8. And they said, where are you from? And I always have to decide am I from the East Coast where I'm from or Denver where I'm living? And I said, Denver. And they said, we named our son Denver. Oh, wow. And they were Australian. And it was, wow. It was so fun because here's this weird little connection. Like they were playing Rocky Mountain High Uh while he was being born. And so they named him Denver. And they're Australian and we're in Malta. How cool is that? Oh my gosh. Talk talk to the shopkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a connection we'll always have. Yeah. I was with the kids in Japan and I'm trying to take them to see a temple because that's really cool, Kyoto and there's a temple near the hotel and I'm looking at the map and everything is in Japanese, not my not my strong point. <laughs> so I'm looking at the map, it's super hot, very humid, obviously confused this woman on her bike approaches me and says she doesn't speak English uh-huh. but I showed her like this is where I want to go. So she said okay, I indicated I will take you there but then she said wait and she went into her home and she came back out with a fan and I could tell she had written like this is my name Uh on the fan she hands me the fan she leads us to the temple and then I realized that was the anniversary of the day that we bombed Hiroshima. <gasps> and I was like, I, my knees went weak because the oh. graciousness of this woman showing kindness to Americans on the day that we obliterated, I was just oh. like, I can't. And I still have the fan and it reminds me, these are the connections that matter. Okay, you've just made me cry for the first time on the recording. Okay. Wow. 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 My knees shook. I was so incredibly touched by her grace and the kindness she showed people that she she could have. Wow. There's there's goodness in people. And it's talk to the shopkeeper, because if you're just bustling along and you're not looking up, what are you missing? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a great lesson. Okay. From a video from the kids video game. Yeah. Stop and talk because they may have information that you need. Apparently, that's not going to happen in Cambridge because no one's going to stop and talk. No. (laughs) And if you're throwing up in the bushes, they're definitely not going to stop and talk to you. No. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. You know what I've heard good things about, though, that you might think was cool and Andy might really like was I was in Harwich for a while. And that is where the Mayflower was built and the captain of the Mayflower was from there and the whole thing. But you can take the overnight ferry to essentially Amsterdam. So you could do that. Very fun. You could do that. You go to Harwich and take the overnight ferry to, I think it lands in, where does it, or docks, it docks in some other place I can't remember. But anyway, you're right outside of Amsterdam. 
at that point. And that might be, I heard good reviews of the overnight ferry. So that was one of the things I thought about doing. Cause it was, it was like, well, I could do that instead of getting a hotel room. Like instead of going back to London and getting a room or whatever, I was supposed to go to Germany for a week and logistically it just didn't end up. I ate the ticket and it didn't work out. So that was fine. But I thought, oh, maybe I'll just get on the ferry. In the end, I enjoyed being in Harwich and walking around. And there was, there was a Banksy as you walked along, you know, it was really cool. Oh, wow. But you could do that trip. There you go. A We're good running out overnight. of time. Yes, you a are. Good overnight. That's well, we true. went to Amsterdam with the kids, and I took I took the kids. We did the little, you know, do the boat mm-hmm. off the canal, and we went yeah. to the Anne Frank Museum. Yeah, and we're standing in the Anne Frank Museum, and Annalise was like six or seven, and then I'm reading the diary or her identification yeah. papers. My daughter's name is Annalise. Anne Frank's name was Annalise. That was another, her name was Annalise. It was spelled in the more German way, but it was another one of those things where I just buckled. And then on the wall, that was very painful because they had this little tiny map and they had red and they had blue pushpins and Uh they were keeping track of the progress of the allies. So they hear on the radio, here's where the allies are. And the, the map is this big. Right. And that just broke me. Like, they were so close. The allies were so close. Wow. But all those connections. Yeah. That's what travel is. Travel is, and she didn't have to do with the woman who brings you the fan and the little push pins and finding the connections between people from history that now it's now it's here right so the connections from times past while i was in malta the romans the romans were like the newcomers mm-hmm. in this town walled city um like 1565 it was invaded and and they're crawling up the walls to get into this amazing town and i could just feel it i could just feel that's where the knights were and yeah. i could feel the capes and I could just feel like they're clanking along. Yeah. Just the crazy feelings of I'm touching history. Yeah. It's here and it's still in the walls because it's the same. The the person who's working for the knights and has to throw out the night slop into the right. It's all uh-huh. there. I yeah. love those feelings of touching history. Yeah, that is really beautiful. You're the perfect person to be having these adventures because you're able to see them as adventures. You also see them as meaningful and purposeful. And Andy, of course, has his academic take on all of it. And then you're able to, I think, pull other people in through your humor about the everyday, oh my God, this fucking machine that doesn't even operate in a language I understand, just ate my card and now I have no access to money. Like for months, it took you to get three money. Months. <laughs> three months, it for took you to get access to months. money. So you really have this great way of tying into the big picture and and the your universal experience as well as the everyday little nitty gritty. And I find that really comforting because then when I go and have some weird mishap or something goes wrong, it's like, yeah, that's just part of the travel and your attitude and reading some of your everyday 
mishaps really make me feel like, oh yeah, that's just part of it. It becomes not something that happens to me or is discouraging or means that travel is a big pain in the ass because daily life in my home is a pain in the ass. Like things go wrong and pipes break and stuff like that. It's the same, I guess. And I think that probably reading your book, the my Modena book, I think contributed to the way that I felt while I was traveling. That recognition that my everyday life includes these high points and these low points and these sticking points and the things breaking and going wrong and the things going incredibly right. And my travel includes all those things too. It makes it all feel kind of like the same experience. Like, wow, this just is living. This is living, including, by the way, Andy's colon cancer unexpectedly in the middle of a trip in a foreign, not in the middle of a trip, in the middle of trying to live and then on the verge of leaving a foreign country. On the verge of leaving. I mean, you were within weeks that of was moving. Was it even weeks or was it days? Yes. It was within weeks. And then it was, it was tricky because he had insurance that covered us through Malta. So July, whatever. Yeah. And then the insurance was going to pick up for Great Britain. And so, wow, like we have to get this done before the insurance runs out here. We had to decide, do we want to do it in Malta? Do we want to do it in the United States? Well, we don't have a house in the United States. My house is rented. Right. Or do we want to do it Cambridge? We didn't know anyone in Cambridge. And that was a whole, that was an amazing thing. But that whole freaking week, Malta's like, yada, yada, yada. There's marching <laughs> bands. We'll There's fireworks. We'll throw in some fireworks. So I really believe that I have a tendency when something is really like, oh, I'm really scared about this. I'm kind of like inside. Mm-hmm. It really did make a difference to say, okay. Instead of staying in and worrying, let's go experience all this stuff. And Malta was just throwing stuff, throwing all the good stuff. But even in real life, maybe go see a movie, maybe go do a thing. I we're 6,000 miles away from anyone. Mm -hmm. And I asked and his friends were like, oh, is there anything we can do? Not really, not from 6,000 miles away. And then I thought. Hey, how about sending him music that you shared or you love mm-hmm. and send him music? And so the night that he came out of the surgery, he's obviously, you've been there, like, you know, yeah. just a mess. And we played all this music oh. that some of it was memories that he had with those friends and mm-hmm. some of it was memories or just their favorite music. It was classical, like this whole range of music. Mm-hmm. And we're just lying there in that semi-darkened room with the little machines beeping wow. and listening to music that made us happy. And then his friends are giving him that love. They couldn't be there. But, yeah. but you know, as the drugs are wearing off and you're absorbing this music. Yeah. So there's all different ways of traveling and how can you travel with more joy and less fear? Yeah. Right. That was my whole thing. And it I was petrified the whole time. I love that. You're strong, but smell isn't everything. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's a new one. I'm Those using that so, too. <laughs> oh my God. All I right. love that. Well, let's talk later. Okay. All right. All right. Love you. Love you. Bye.
You've been listening to Bad Choice Tuesday with Andrea Howell, a podcast about friendship, unconditional love, and questionable choices. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to hear our latest episode every Tuesday. For more information and to find previous episodes, go to badchoicetuesday.com. See you next week.